everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along to LOI Central. Uh, we have a European theme this week. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to speak to Jean-Luc Alia, who's a Maltese journalist uh, who will have some interesting views on Hibernians of Malta against Shamrock Rovers. That game's actually taking place for our podcast next week, the first leg. So that's why uh, we're dealing with that this week. But we've a hell of a lot to get through on the domestic front with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. As ever, we are in association with Future Ticketing, delighted as they are with another massive crowd, even on a Monday night on uh, Monday on Monday night obviously in uh, in Chicor uh, really League of Ireland crowds holding up so well sell out in Tala again on Friday Malone Financial Services are giving a free financial review to listeners as well Uh, thanks to Malone Financial Services for sponsoring this podcast as did uh, the Porterhouse Brew We'll be giving away four beers later on in the show, and you can get a free suit and tie, collar and cuff. I just passed them on the way out. Shirt here. and tie, Johnny. You can't get a free, free suit. Free suit and tie. I mean, oh, you know, that uh, wouldn't be great. Free shirt and tie with false a advertising. Suit. It reminds me of um, and collar and cuff. Free suit with your suit and tie. It reminds me of the the time. Do you know how to do like April Fools editions of papers and stuff? And I was working, in, I was in UCD doing stuff with the college newspaper. And for some reason, like the paper would come out every two weeks and one came out on April the 1st. And like, uh, I think it was Owen Rice, who might listen to this pod, a sort of a, a former journalist now working in sort of communications, Shamrock Rovers historian, author. Um, I think he was involved in a story where they basically said all points in the student bar, one euro. And it was like, April Fool's thing <laughs> but like then there was I think they went to the bar later on and there was some very irate sort of barmen there as, as students turned up across the day thinking this is brilliant value you know one euro points. oh man we have um, Ricer obviously a Rovers fan um, thinking of Dermot Looney he's a Pats fan We're go- he's another historian he's with Julian Canny in the Go United's programme like these people were youngsters a few years ago that I used to drink with and go to college now they're becoming historians I'm like where am I going in life I'm young 40 people, this year y- Young people can be historian too, John. Julian's dad would Nicholas Canny would have been a well-known historian in in the college in Galway in UIG and very well respected. Good friend of Michael D Higgins, president for life, Galway United. When's he coming on? By the way, Michael D. Yeah, mm, Galway United would it's a saga. It's would, would want to take it's like, a, it's like an um, the, the bar in DCU. We set up when I was in DCU. We set up a League of Ireland supporters club, um, and I remember going to games, trying to bring people along to Whitehall, which is probably the local ground. I mean. Not easy going to games. That's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, but uh, the bar in DCU, like the special was always Fosters, which I like. I thought was disgusting. Like how who drinks Fosters? I I I've no I'd no time for DCU in general, and the bar was a shithole. Dan, it was a student bar. There was no crack. Um, it was the special was always Fosters. Which I think it was like two euro. What's maybe. the point here again? What are we talking um, about? Just like. College bars. What was your knowledge? Well, what was your memory of the the UCD college bar? That was a lively place. Ah, very, it's very changed few, since. Very, very few memories. No, it has changed. Yeah. I went back. I went back for a walk there one day recently, just something to do, and I went to the old. Uh, the old student bar in UCD, which now is like a parcel motel. I think that's oh basically what it's become. So the, the student bar is at the clubhouse, but it's down the other end in the, yeah, the sanitized official wing. But I know student bar in UCD. Uh, we used to we used to be fosters as well, and uh, you you actually got the foster dollars. That was the, the the promotion at the time. That every time you bought a pint of fosters, you would get um you'd get like a, a fosters a foster dollar, as it would suggest. And once you had three, you get a free one. So what you would do when you were kind of broke at the time is you'd drink fosters consistently across a period of time, mm. get around like. 25 foster dollars and then just go down and have a free night out eventually 25 well you know that'd be, yeah. eight, that'd be eight points or whatever like, okay you know I mean? eight yeah. by three or something yeah. there, there were simple times it was 2000 2001 and um, fosters or foster and allen that'd be a tough call now like it's just not having fosters at all not having it at all in what scenario would be forced to choose between them I just came into my head there. Yeah, Foster and Allen. Yeah, no. Foster Ian and Foster, Ander of course. Allen. Ian, Ian Foster. Seeking on the UCD team, though, the Kerrigan move. I mean, all the of these. Kerrigan is moves. off to the Como and Italy, but you see who the new coach is. No. It's Mark Bertram. Oh, man. Mark Bertram. I presume it was out of his performance uh, against Italy for the Irish 21. No, it might have been his performance against Waterford uh, last year when Bertram was in the crowd. Mad. When Bertram was in his uh, in his clobber in with the, the, the Waterford fans, the man and of the people. You know? Yeah. Um, Bertram, yeah. Uh, that definitely, it was one of those, Como, uh, Kerrigan, that's a little bit random. How did that come about? And then Bertram rides into sight and it's like, 
and mm. suddenly and suddenly it all made sense interesting, um, interesting. yeah because I mean I think every every club in the league wanted him um, you know every sort of full time leading club they all wanted him and um, but then the vibe I was picking up strongly that he was going to end up in England um, but clearly this has sort of come up from, from left field so they're in Serie B um, I'm not sure how Bertram has ended up there like you're sort of wondering um, like is, is this some kind of uh, uh, you know what's the ownership situation of the club or what's actually happened there because um, football is a funny old game where these characters pop well, up well, we you know, Bertram has done the well the well trodden route from the Bahamas to Waterford to Como I mean we've all done that in our time haven't we There's uh, Como's a lovely part of the world we will get to the two lads but I was just thinking of this before uh, we came on you could go through the nine first division teams and there's a narrative about all of them pretty much um, over the last week. So Shane Keegan's gone to Cove, yeah. which is, I wasn't, uh, Shane's a bit obsessed. I think he loves managing football teams. I think he wanted another shot at it. He didn't want to be Go United to be the narrative because Go United went a bit awry. That's Cove alone. Bray Wanderers were in third. I think they were mistaken as Cavantili by the actual press announcer at their last I think, game. I think there's a PA announcer said yeah. sub for Cavantili. And in fairness, he was probably, he or she was probably ex Cavantili. That's grand. You've had Lone Town bottom. I mean, two times in five years now, they've the ground has been raided um, for a computer sort of something going on. Can't catch a break. That is mad. I mean, why would anyone get involved in League of Ireland Club if you could be working as a volunteer and all of a sudden you have a thief like Raiden and money was stolen the last time? So unfortunate. Unbelievable. Then you have, say, um, Galway United, obviously, who've had a shocker of a week. One point from five games. I was wondering why we're now going to the why, are we, why are we doing a first division team by team here? Now going to the Watford game. Watford had to respond. There's not happened in the Premier Division. We'll get to that. That'll be the main part of our show. I know you don't really like the first division. Watford, I like the first division. Watford had to respond to leak story about the club being for sale and the value of it. And we're here in Galway. God, if Watford's worth 1.3 million, we give up 15% to go United for how much exactly? Um, and obviously, Watford, perfectly normal club. So perfectly normal club and their former manager is now going to be Kerrigan's manager at Como coach coach, uh, coach even um, and meanwhile Cork City have gone um, four points clear so that's just the first vision Dan we were both in you, 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 you've just you've left out three clubs yeah maybe they don't all have narratives treaty <laughs> treaty come on give us your narratives treaty, on Wexford um, treaty lost know, the game uh, treaty got Oh well, Treaty. Yeah, they, they, some of their players were probably at weddings after they, they were blitzed by Cork Monday night. I'm pretty sure they were. I'm, I'm actually, I actually, um, Stephen Walter's wedding. He was missing for Galway United, who were beaten by Longford in his absence. Um, and you say I don't take the first division seriously enough. No, but this is like this is why. Will I? Your top scorer missed the no, game. It, you think he, he, missed he was the game on the bench, though. He wasn't. He uh, wasn't picked. In fairness, and Walshie, I mean, it's his wedding, like, and he's playing the first division, and he's been amazing all season. Not playing Walshie at all. But Dan, like, when when will I ever learn? I was I was on a high last week, and now I'm almost writing us off in terms of getting promoted because we were playing Watford the way we're playing. Um, don't see us winning. Criticism of Alex Murphy that his performances have gone downhill in recent weeks with his his his, okay. his, his impending move. But now the narrative is a three horse race in the first division, and. Um, then you've the stories about Cork City, what will happen with uh, coffee and all that. There's definitely a club you've forgotten there. Um, Longford, is it? Yeah, Longford, who... Actually, the the, 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 lo- the lovely story about Longford is um, the guy who got the two goals against Goal United, um, Expos, he's done his cruise twice. Um, Magarasan Ma- Magarasan from Romania. So, so he got he got got the two goals, played really well. Um, I think Neil O'Reardon's done a piece to him actually since about his like he he look, he was so unlucky at Bowes and I was actually talking to his manager uh, Gary Cronin today. He said like he's really really improving. He's learning on the job. And it's great to see like you see kids like that. You know they just get so badly hit with injuries and their career just never get never takes off. So um, there's actually a lot happening in the first division. The, the Premier Division, I think we've loads to talk about. We were both it in Inchicore. We were at Inchicore, and I mean, why don't we start with that? It was St. Pat's one, Shamrock Rovers two, and you had some words with Stephen Bradley after the game. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts on tonight's game? Uh, I, I thought we were very good. Um, I thought some of our playing the first half was, was really, really good and uh, it was just unlucky that we didn't um, score one of the chances because um, I thought we would have went and really dominated the game. Um, second half, again, I thought we were good and, and scored two really good goals. Disappointment the last 10 minutes, we made it a real game when it shouldn't have been, but overall we were good. Yeah, they, obviously you're a lot of enforced changes. How did you think the lads have 
done, have that have come in have done. You see, um, obviously McCann coming in tonight, and then Green up front, and and Watts as well playing a key role. Yeah, Dylan Watts. Uh, the last uh, few games has been outstanding. It's been like really, really high level. Um, control games for us. Him and uh, Danny Mandrew on Friday were were brilliant. Um, and tonight, uh, I thought Dylan was brilliant again. Chris settled the game for us. Um, but again, I know it's a broken record. I said it from the start. We need everyone in the group. That's why we have the group. Um, and, and we've seen that over the last few weeks. What's uh, your thoughts on Dylan as a footballer? Because the second half, you see his pass into lines and then his control for the first goal. And sometimes you look at this player and you're like, what could he be like? Yeah, his outstanding ability. Um, and what's really come with Dylan is maturity. I said that last year and he's just followed on this year. His approach to training and games and, and how he behaves is totally different. He's, he's matured. He's understood the game now as a whole rather than just an individual. And, and uh, his, his actual quality on the ball is as good as anything that's in the league. Um, he can play from one side of the pitch here very quickly off either foot. He can play from different towards very quickly. Um, he's a threat. He can score a goal. Set plays are brilliant. He's uh, he, he's been a top player for us the last few years, and, and like I said, he's just grown and matured. What's it like tactically tonight? Where they've kind of three, if not four, up top at times, and you're playing three at the back. Yeah, look, they obviously try to do that to try and pin our five back, but it's just about uh, understanding when we can press and when we can't. And I thought we did that really well. Um, like I said, the group have come up against all sorts of systems and, and tactics in the last few years, and. and uh, Tonight they tried that and we've seen it before in Europe, so it was no issue for us. And like I said, I thought we managed to well. Did you expect Andy Lyons to be the player he's been like in the left wing back position? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I thought he'd have seven goals now, but I knew he'd add to us. I knew I tried to get him two years ago because I felt he was the type that would add to us. Um, everyone I spoke to about him said he takes information really well, tactically clever, so I knew with us he'd be very good. Um, but did I think he'd have seven goals and all? But he's been fantastic. He's he's come in with uh, an open mind in terms of wants to improve, uh, wants to learn. Uh, took to the system very very early. Asked questions very early, and uh, he's given us real penetration from that position. Without preempting the the Harps game, just with, for the podcast with a view to next week, how are you fixed in terms of injuries? Do you think going into that? Uh, Richie be back tomorrow. Back training. We could have pushed Richie for tonight, but. Uh, we didn't want the Richie back tomorrow. Graham's back now, obviously on the pitch. Uh, Neil will miss next week, and um, we're hoping Jack will, if not take part on Friday, we'll try Monday. But yeah. all depending on on uh, the next few days with Jack really. How much? Um, how much is this? How much weight are you putting on Europe this year? Uh, we don't. Honestly, we don't. Like you know, we're in the club, I know it from outside, and we're the champions, and everyone wants us to go and do well in Europe. We want to do well in Europe. We understand what it brings to the domestic game. Um, it's brilliant when you get a good run. Um, but tonight and Friday are our bread and butter. Europe, yes, we want to go one better than last year. Of course we do. Uh, but we can't. That's not a be all and end all, you know. Um, and the players have been bringing that in terms of focusing on the game of front. Uh, we'll be ready for when Europe comes round. And, and of course, we want to win the fourth round. We want to. Uh, go one better than we did last year, but again, it's not all cost. It's not, um, it's not Europe or bust. That's not what we do, and it's not how we think. Yeah, just um, the 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 Bizzunu transfer as well. Just it just go, goes to show how this could work going forward if good players leave. Yeah, look, I think as a club we've made a lot of money um, the last few years on transfers, and uh, obviously Gavin's got sold on, and, and we do well out of that, which is uh, a credit to the people who did the deal. Um, so uh, no, look, it, it's great, um, and, and like you said, if we keep uh, if we keep developing the right ones and, and keep playing them at the right time, um, hopefully they can come on and be successful for us, and then and go on and forward their careers, and, and that can benefit everybody. Finally, have you been moved by the reaction to your news? I suppose from different clubs, different around the leagues, different fans, transcended football. Anyway, I suppose. Yeah, everyone connected with sport in general has been in touch, and uh, I said it on Friday, and, and it's humbling to be honest. Um, I can't thank them enough um, for the sport they've shown myself, obviously and my family and my son. Um, it's been incredible, and uh, I just can't thank them but every sport, not just football, everyone from around the country has got in touch. And, uh, massive, massive thank you to them. I, I really can't thank them enough. So yeah, thank you. We wish them all the best. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so there's Stephen Bradley. I mean, it's funny, like you know, you, you have different opinions of a game when you're when you're at it. Like I, I certainly you were at that game. You were at the game. Like since we've done our last show, Robbers obviously played Bows on Friday and Pats on Monday. I thought there was parallels of the games to some degree when they haven't necessarily hit the high notes. Um, I thought they had difficulties at times in the first half of both games, um, and then they 
uh, you know, they, they started, they settled with a bit of quality in the second half. I, I thought maybe Stephen Bradley was a bit positive about the overall 90-minute performance against Pats. But then when I think about it, I suppose, maybe from his perspective, like you're without Jack Byrne, you're without Danny Mandrew, Graham you're Burke without Graham Burke on the bench, Ronan Finn, Neil this Friday, like Ferrugia, um, you know, then a few bodies. So I suppose in that context, you would be very happy with the performance of your team because it's a diminished version of your team. But I actually felt Pats weren't that bad on Monday at all and were quite competitive. Um, across the 90 and, and certainly Bowes and in fairness Bradley said last week you know that he accepted the Bowes with a better side in the first half but they just keep winning and I think that's a really big back-to-back wins for them off the back of losing to Dundalk and going into Europe which we'll talk about later um, You've written pieces about um, Dara Burns and him being linked to Sean Grover so he was effectively it was a fascinating game because um, Pat's played sort of three slash four players pretty high up the pitch against three at the back but the Lions Burns battle on the left was compelling and I think Andy Lyons has just developed into one hell of a footballer I know he scored but prior to that Dylan Watts who was probably one of them was the best player on the pitch put him through and he nearly scored but he was so good the problem for Shamrock Rovers Dan is if they play like that in Europe they have almost no pace otherwise there's no pace in that team at all I, I don't want to throw you under the bus but it was funny like <laughs> we were having a discussion in the press box and about Aaron Green and it was like you know he's struggling he's struggling here his pace is gone I said like he said his pace is gone and then he like he goal. scores his absolutely the, the, amazing the, the, goal and your instant response was to turn to me and go it's terrible defending that's and awful it's like, defending but listen, it's awful it's awful a great defending. goal it's a great yeah. go. You Gaffney can't you put can't, him in because you because you've you you you've laid down an opinion on a player and it's, he's not up to it. It, it wasn't and then a great he scores, goal. Uh, it, was it a wasn't very a great goal. You, 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 if Aaron Green got that goal against me in Astro, I'd say that wasn't a great goal. He's playing against me. The defender was comical, and sorry, he was put through twice in the game, once or twice by Gaffney, and he just did not have the pace to make the most of it. So he's holding the ball up, and in that situation, he was going at the corner flag. He he didn't have the pace to. to I think and then, he did two nutmegs. He, he got, and then he did was certainly one. Nut, you've had, one a, and a half you had a you had an issue with Paul O'Hare over whether it was a nutmeg <laughs> or not. Aaron Green fair played him like it was a, it was a it was a great goal. And the finish visually. was the finish that's, was that's clever. awful defending. Like no, that's it, awful. Both defending. things can be true. And you got to, This is Aaron Green. Like this guy is no pace. But then my broader point is, Shamrock Rovers will will come into trouble in Europe if they don't have more pace in the team. And that's what found them out last year, I think. Well, we'll talk about... We're going to talk about their next game, uh, their first game in Europe later on. Um, What's the crack with Dara Burns? It's, I'm, it's, I'm very possible, it's, possible, it's possible that they might be playing a team in the first round who maybe more so sits in, mm. potentially. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I, yeah. I completely take your point about when you're maybe ideally progressing to play a higher level of team you need that mm. option the counter. I, I totally see where you're coming from and it's certainly a point I would have made before um, the Darren Burns situation is that his contract is up with some paths at the end of the year they have been sort of knocking back various offers from some over the winter to be fair I don't think some of them were pretty good offers at all so I can I have no problem with a club um looking for more for a player that has come through their ranks. But they're obviously, and I don't think we should ever have a problem with that, um, but I think they've probably got to this awkward crossroads that you face now. I think in a different way, in a different sense, I think Sligo Rovers might be there with Ed McGinty too, mm. in that you have a player that's out of contract at the end of the year, um, and are you then put under pressure to cash in on them now for a price that maybe you don't, you think you can get more? Um but if you if you don't do any kind of deal this summer, um, you risk the situation where he can go for free at the end of the season. My understanding is he will be open to the idea. I think of going to Rovers if if um, something didn't come to pass in the UK. Um, we have to talk. So to you so as well. that, that that's 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 something that it's, fair to say. It, it's something that is it's one to watch. But I, I I kind of feel like when you're in this situation, does it just end up end up like that? They eventually end up doing a deal to let him go before the summer if a proper bid comes in or, or a bid that's anyway close to their estimation comes in that's probably for me will he be here in September I'd be surprised but if he's if he's still in Ireland in September strong chance he would start next season in Tallaght yeah so we got to talk about Owen Doyle because um, again the other night it, it wasn't his best night Owen Doyle's goals this season uh, from play have been against Drada Harps and UCD mm. and Tundio Labi came on and was very very good 
But oh, by all I've seen Olabi twice against Bowes when he got a hat trick. He divides opinion though. Yeah, Olabi, he, he? he was he was brilliant when he came on. He should have scored, but he was an absolute handful. Grace brought him down, looked really quick. But apparently he's very hit and miss. But Owen Doyle you speak has people in football like about Olabi, and I know he's the big fan favorite at the moment. But certainly, you know, chat to people sort of you know privately about whatever. Mm. We have mixed opinions. Like some people mm. rate him, some people don't. It's very like it's a it's an in, it's an interesting division maybe uh, people's perspective on them will tell you something about their views on football or something I don't know but he, a lot of players wouldn't be sure about him either it must be said mm. but he certainly when he comes on and makes a big impact off the bench it makes it hard you know for for a manager who's facing questions about him but the flip side of that is is he looking very good coming off the bench because the game's a bit stretched at that stage and it suits his main attributes mm. and would he be as effective um Consistently across ninety minutes, but that's, Tim, Tim Clancy, we we'll hear from him now after the game, but he he did strike a kind of a he's a he's a little bit frustrated, I think, with things at the moment. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, but he, well, he can sense that in his demeanour after the games, and, and we'll we'll hear from him in a second. I mean, just go back to the Owen Doyle thing. There is no doubt to be fair, and I think he'd probably admit it himself. I'm sure he would um, that he's missed chances in games that mm. he would be frustrated by but also you watch the game the other night and the way that they're set up a lot of the times he's coming outside the box you know there was one in the first half just before half time where actually he did very well he squared the ball across and was a king or someone who scuffed it over the bar mm. sometimes if you're in team that plays with that setup that the number nine player they do a lot outside the area and they're not necessarily always there in the end of it but there have, there have been times where he has been on the end of chan- and, and chances he w- he should have scored it, like you know Dundalk at home springs yeah. to mind I, the chances the, the, he missed the, pa- the Pats, miss. the Pats yeah. midfield for me is a lot of games I've seen them they've been more or less second best and I think that's an issue for Doyle's where I say he's dropping in because they just don't have control of the game um, it's interesting because like I, I agree with you that Pats weren't bad on Monday night but you look at them at the moment Dan they're kind of hovering around fourth with well, pressure coming for European spots um, and I presume Tim Clancy will want to strengthen. Like, yeah, no, he will. Well, listen, let's hear let's from hear Tim from Clancy because he, he spoke uh, initially about, um, because I mean, the, the, the context of this build-up and why things were probably pressurised around this game is that they were 2-0 up with two minutes to go in Finn Harf's last week. Of course. Conceded twice. Um, they had four changes with seven minutes to go. It was meant to be three, but then Sam Curtis got injured. Um, and that was obviously... Uh, opened up the manager to scrutiny um, I think he's admitted probably they got wrong in terms of the changes but he was asked about the, the Curtis injury the impact of that and then it led into a few questions from me about the transfer window It's, a, it's an interesting moment you're saying you're missing a 16 year old in your back, uh, back four so it shows how well that Sam has done as well and, um, and that's when the window gets open we've got to open up um, try and get some players in to, to help out the, the younger players in the squad and also the other ones as well I was going to say, like, what's your broad plan for the window? I mean, what are you looking to do? So it's going to be significant changes or sort of... be a few changes. We obviously have uh, James, that's his last uh, involvement tonight, so he's going to be amazing um, at the weekend. Um, so we'll be losing James and we'll be hoping to get a few in, um, obviously, in a good few areas. And we're obviously doing uh, targets with that and uh, we'll see how the window goes. It's fair to say defence would be an area you'd be particularly looking at well, we, need, we need bodies in the defensive area but we've kept these 10 clean sheets this season so it's not like the defence is really struggling it's just the last couple of games we conceded um, four goals um, so it's every area we have to, we have to strengthen as well yeah, the other thing is, sorry, was it at halftime Brian Kerr comes onto the pitch giving like kind of mementos to pass players that have been capped by Ireland. You've Adam Murphy out there injured and then as you mentioned, Curtis is has crutches going into the ground and you're like, I mean, these are two really promising young players and things aren't exactly going, you know, as, as well as they could be for Pats and the look stakes. No, and I, I, I think the issue for Clancy as well, like O'Donnell set a very high bar last year, you know, second and win the cup. I mean, it's the best season you can have without winning the league. And I suppose you expect to you expect to sort of press on this year. Our fans would expect to press on this year, but they, they probably did have a fair bit of upheav- upheaval. Um, so I, I can I can sense a degree of unrest that's there amongst Pat's fans. I've I've spoken to a few like you who are, who are having reservations, but it didn't seem to be there the other night though. Like the Pat's fans were still like no, very I, much cheering them on I, at I, two 0 I, I would strange. find it hard. I think you would find it hard. I think in isolation, yeah, I, I think you would find it hard to pick much. Other than bad defending, which I suppose, like you know, bad there was, you know, the 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 defending for the Harps goals last week was was mm. really bad. You know, lack of sort of leadership in the area and stuff. But I, I think the grumbles have probably come from the sense that maybe that might be is there a 
unease around the club because they expected to be doing better but then like I think they, they, they signed a lot of players last year um, last winter in a direct response to the O'Donnell departure which I don't know I mean I think budget wise some players did pretty well um, out of the sense of yeah. the jilted the, 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 the grief um, over over the O'Donnell thing which we, we still haven't heard about the, the court case have we but, uh, but I like, kind the, of the, asked him was uh, he yeah, yeah I don't think no no geez, it's funny you mentioned balls and Pat's court and that but yeah. I mean we were told it was coming it's so. funny you mentioned that like I, I had a I, even by my standards I had a crazy week last week a crazy weekend the, you mentioned Stephen O'Donnell I just had to remind myself I was actually at Dundalk Shells Friday Barbacado that seems like two years ago well I mean, that's because <laughs> that's because you've had a, you've had another Oliver Reed weekend but um, uh, it was sort of a more demure Oliver Reed like you went straight from Croke Park on Sunday to a wine tasting I, I did uh, which was uh, you were at the race really, on Saturday really Paddy Kavanagh sent me a picture of you in some beer garden on Saturday with some bloke and you're like you have your sort of mm. you have your tongue Paddy out Paddy Kavanagh the exposed yeah, he, said, he, never, he, tweet, mean, he tweeted me you think it was a mate of his or something met you on Saturday so you were obviously oh, yeah, yeah, you were sorry, doing yeah, photo yeah. requests I thought it was obviously, a surreptitious photo obviously you were in photographs with fans Related, uh, so you, you you had your tongue out like a sort of a, a 1980s WWF wrestler doing a promotional shot uh, for this, and, I, and it genuinely looked like the eyes were popping out of your head. And I there was I wasn't I no doing this. By the way. There was lots lots. That wasn't of, my insinuation. <laughs> there was, there that were, was my insinuation. There, there were lots. I actually wasn't. There were lots of uh, lots of love for the podcast Friday night. I have to say a great welcome from Shells. Thanks to the lad who gave me their fanzine as well beforehand. It was a mad bad night. Marbacado seemed to love things. Prior to all of that, Dundalk missed two or three great chances to win the game um, you chased Mario Ricardo live on the League of Ireland late yeah it was it was it was a it was quite you were I mean had you taken a couple of drinks prior to going on air oh yeah on, on God, Friday was a full of, like, I, I mean I also got the sense that you know, a man who sometimes complains about his media workload if I'm not mistaken did you actually invite yourself on to do co-commentary well, for LMFM, LMFM Adrian Taff yeah because uh, James Rogers is away or something I was like do you want do you want me to do co-com first half it wasn't a great so game so you were you were literally walking around the League of Ireland Stadium saying could I please broadcast on this game, please? I've, I, I, need I love to co-commentary. Oh, I know you do. I love co-commentary. Here's so a it, wasn't, it, wasn't though, a, right? it wasn't a vintage display from the dock. So the, but was it a vintage display from Picado? Um, to the point. Yeah, like he played, he played four or five tunes, but uh, he was he was giving it loads. Did you see the happiness of the Shells fans? Yeah, the, like, they I, were, they there's, were there's, delighted. There's, there's this clip of like three lads in the front row, and there's one of them, and he just like reach, he turns to his mates either side when the song is like taken off, and he just looks so buzzed and overjoyed I was like man like we actually did miss this connection didn't we like you sort of forget what we've been through in the last couple of years that people actually miss that very basic interaction of like being with your mates or you know it's actually such it's so like it's 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 not even to joke about it's actually a very serious point like people just like that sense 100% I I do think we should have a DJ set after every League of Ireland game though because it was great crack Gav White like kind of stood in for Piccolo the Shells PRO after so media officer who would be your DJ of um, I'm sure Bowes would have with the bar back in Terryland. My DJ of choice was a gig on Adrian was pointing me towards a gig in Slane two weekends times. Just get Marty Whelan down to Galway. Marty Whelan, yeah. Um You'd be and you'd be partial Marty to a little bit of Lyric FM on occasion, wouldn't you? I love love Lyric FM. Yeah. Uh, obviously George Hamilton as well on Lyric. Um, just just before though we move on on the Tolka Park, the pitch was quite poor, right? And it wasn't conducive at, at times. So we have an article in the match program this week in Galway where the I think Terry Land would be considered one of the best pitches in the country, right? That's yeah. fair to say. There were forty four games on it in May. There that, were four, forty four games in the pitch, and the pitch isn't in bad nick. But basically, Noel Conley's kind of saying we have to consider moving towards an artificial surface here or a hybrid. And I couldn't believe he said it. But like you, you talk about um, bad pitches, there were forty four games the pitch in Thailand in May alone. I couldn't believe. But that. that's but it's a Galway FA mm. facility. I mean, so this, this is the issue with like if you don't have ownership of your ground, then you're you're going to be vulnerable to. Mm. To things mm. you know and like that's you know this is obviously an issue around the around the country in various places as well too um i don't know every every venue has its own sort of um local issues yeah. or whatever I mean, that does seem like quite a lot i'm presuming there was a lot of school finals or stuff yes, in may yes, exactly the time but so i mean maybe you can withstand that for one month if it's not the issue in july or august but like pitch standards is something we keep coming back to um but here's something we also keep coming back to it's our mailbag What's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronics. 
Yeah, so we have the mailbag here. We had a various comments. Jasper talked about, Jasper M was making a reference to Oalabi getting the game time. We've sort of dealt with that. Dr. Clancy, is Shane Keegan off Johnny's Christmas card list after ducking his Cove Ramblers question on LOI late night? Yeah. But this is to do with... Um, I asked that question. I was, be, I was like, just outside the bar with you were kind of AirPods in, you were getting people, were, people were literally coming over to say hello about the podcast. And I was like, I'm actually on a, another show here while I was having a pint in my hand. But I, I couldn't hear what Shane said or didn't say. Yeah. Um, Took the job, obviously. Um, let me see Eamon Gallagher it's Neil Lawn whoever finishes second in the first division doesn't get promoted right now I've heard your theories on the playoffs every week on late night LOI people can go there for that we're not doing that um, Derek Kelly 27 points from a possible 30 in Dublin derbies this season for Rovers is some going deserves a mention yeah it does um, and, and I presume that the, the three they didn't take was the defeat um, to Pats earlier in the season um, yeah no, no, it, it is true. I, I'd, I'd love to, I should look into this really, the volume of like second half winners in that game because even the Shells game in Talca, they probably, one of the ones where they rode their luck, but a lot of them, they've they've got, you know, they've... they've eat, the better they've, team they've, they've, the night. No, but they've, no, they've eaten them out and they were the better team yeah. the other night. Um, uh, you, know, you get the feeling with Sharon Rovers as well, if it's kind of nil all after an hour or 70 minutes that they will turn it around and like if you look at McCann the other night he came in and he's definitely struggling with the pace of the League of Ireland the minute if he's pressed like he's under pressure um, and he did the nuts and bolts but he was struggling a bit but then Dylan Watts just took over and I, actually just can I ask you about Andy Lyons because like I would never have him never have envisaged Stephen Bradley spoke about never have envisaged him becoming this brilliant left wing back no no I'm, I'm like I think and as, as, as Stephen Bradley has said himself like you didn't was surprised by the, the level of his impact. Seven goals in now six, I think, six, in the league. Goals, yeah. I think it's six in the league. Um, but yeah, no, they, they were they were good rovers. Um, and they have been good without being amazingly good. But mm. it's possible that they're just building up. A bit Rory of steam. Gaffney was outstanding. Yeah, I, I like tales from the East End Rovers pod. Look, we had a message from them about what's flourishing in the number ten. Um, suggesting there was a sort of tactically a lot better on Monday, um, and there was a few sort of follow up comments along that that. They felt it was one of the better Rovers performances from Harpo J. Just their, they played about their level for long periods. I mean, what we should mention, we haven't mentioned, I know you, you referenced it in the clip uh, in the interview with Stephen Bradley. I mean, like this game was obviously for him, the build up has included this very, very stressful and very difficult family situation where his, his, his eight year old son is, is unwell and undergoing treatment and on an ongoing basis. And um, we can only wish him the best with that. I think 100%. it goes without saying that we wish him the best with that, but it, it probably does speak to as well that there's a, so there's sort of a level of professionalism there that they've been able to mm. withstand the fact that he hasn't been there. I think some days, like, I mean, he missed it on Doc game. We now understand that was the reason. Missed some training sessions. And with what's coming down the tracks, um, I think he's been quite open about it. There may be times where he may not always be there. And, and that shows that you have to have a level of organisation there with your staff and with senior players. Pico Lopez with a big show of sort of getting them in front of a huddle in the South Stand last week that look, they are entering into a very stressful period football-wise and yet nothing could ever possibly compare to what he is going through at the moment. But it is going to be a real test of the depth of the group because in normal circumstances they'd have, they're going to have probably all going to plan a very difficult fixture schedule ahead but obviously if you have a manager going through something very personally difficult um, it's going to be a real collective effort and I think they're, they're finding strength from a lot of situations that from their perspective will hope it sort of bodes well for Europe yeah but after the after the game they, the managerial um, team was in a sort of a huddle around the centre circle for I'd say about 15 minutes chatting away and talking through the game so yeah there's they, a lot they, of well, they, did, they do that after every game to be yeah. fair they, they, they do actually do this big thing on the pitch after the game that's what they do um, sorry this was another important point which, which, which stemmed uh, another debate I'm just trying to get it up here it was Paul Hogan. Apart from the duck at the Galway match, has there been many other times that there has been cats or dogs, etc., on a pitch at a League of Ireland match? What was the duck at the Galway match? Yeah, I have a photo of it here. A duck just appeared, and it was a dreadful nil-all draw at home to Treaty that was punctuated by a duck appearing. Um, not the dog and duck uh, pub that no. Galway Night fans often. Yeah, the, the, the Dulux dog in Talca So Park we got a of Dan Byrne sent it. So, <laughs> so I then put it out there and said, do we have any instances of... like I remember a fox running across the pitch at various games. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of animals in League of Ireland pitches. They weren't, <laughs> some of them were playing. Um, uh, let me see, reference to uh, the show grounds crow does that yeah. count i mean is there, is there is there a show grounds crow that we're aware of i mean i, I wasn't familiar with this um but yeah the dulux dog 
the, from the, the Shell's team photo of the sort of <laughs> mid nineties. I've forgotten about I that. I see it, 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 it. It's actually got the second best main in the photo because Jody Byrne is there too. Um, but Greg Costello used to have a great old main. Is he yeah, on that photo? Yeah, it might be, but it's not as it's not as bright as the old Dulux effort. There's a lot of lot of nostalgia being back in that bar in Tolka because I think the bar man in Tolka is there since I was in college, and I swear to God, he's about forty now, so he would have been you know 17 or 18 then he has barely changed in my head at all that's which is lovely to see yeah yeah no it's it uh, talka and you is, is part of your spiritual journey towards really is. towards turning 40 which we're both going through this year we'll, we'll return to that at a therapy session later in the year um dodge says you've seen a fair bit of dog shit does that count i mean probably ex- should expect something <laughs> like that the first again the daily mount fox i mean there, there are all these dogs that reference the connor yeah. salmon uh, you know i mean <laughs> salmon of college fish. Um, yeah um, do pigs' heads count? Asking for friends. I've seen a few of them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Ian, any word on how the duck will impact Galway's Instagram follower numbers? It's actually TikTok, isn't it? That's where Galway are big on TikTok. Um, it was the highlight of the last two games, in very yeah. like. And uh, D- Dermot Looney referenced there the Pats were cat Belosian the other night. And, um, yeah, I think other, that's a other, bit harsh. Other, other banter. Yeah. Then. And then, yeah. there, then there was a Bray Wanderers post here, a good start at the Barkett's Field from uh, last year, where there was a referee. Uh, removing a dog from the pitch uh, at a mm. game so yeah there you go oh come here did you see you were having a go with me about my curry chips do you see the pats curry and cheese made the footy scran it made it and well, it got very favorable well, i actually realized that last week i got interrupted before making the point of why i wanted to bring up the footy scran right. it was that i think the dog were playing this season against was it bows or someone and it was actually genius one of the away fans they've brought an easy they brought a dairy lee slice to the game themselves they've bought a bag of chips and they've put the dairy slice on top of it and then they've said cheese and chips at Oriel Park and it went fucking viral around the world this is the problem with Twitter you don't know the context so so it was like clearly like this <laughs> is not a re- this is not a real thing that was sold but uh, and it was it was actually pretty clever to be fair what is the best curry chips in the league do get your comments in yeah. um, as I said it was at the Carlisle grounds I think I reached new peaks in terms of curry chips um, the bar is back open in Terryland Dan as well Tri Bowl is for sale yeah, the- I feel like we've had too many Galway United references in the pod now we're gonna, no, we're no, remember no, no, we're related. we've had the groundsman we've had the narrative we've had the no we're, we're, we're calling we're calling it there in Galway references here we're in uh, crisis let's, let's again go, let's go to Instagram Connor Root sent us quite a lengthy message about uh, communication between officials and managers and coaches um, and I, we've got your comment Connor and say, yeah this is a a point that maybe officials don't make life easier for themselves by how they communicate with with with, with management and benches that's certainly a strong feeling that management and benches would have now, I don't think it's been pronounced this season with sort of sendings offs and stuff mm. but um, there definitely is like a relationship breakdown issue there that has to be um, it has to be improved somehow and um, Kevin O'Harley says I don't think this Rovers team of recent years would lay a glove on previous winners sit here than Doc I suspect you disagree with that um, but again we'll, we'll talk about Europe and Rovers that's going to be important Byron Martin is Andy Lyons now the best player in the league he um, was. I think he's he really kicked on this year. I, 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 I think if you're looking at one player who is exportable in that game Monday night, it's one hundred percent. It's Andy. I, I'm a big fan of Burns, but I mean Lions mm. is yeah, just seems to be improving week to week. Um, so Vinny so comfortable to, on the ball. I think he could play. Um, easily could play central midfield somewhere like that. He's you just think that, yeah. very comfortable. No, on the I think, he, he can get around the pitch as well. I, I see your point, but I think his style is more comfortable to to being a threat wide with his running style and his control. I see what you're saying, but I, I can't see him playing there. Vinny Curry, uh, why? tasting review and climate change please that's obviously a personal request for you Johnny um, yeah the, 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 wine, the wine tasting, tasting was a terrific experience you went to wine tasting after the brawl of course in Croke Park yes. which uh, you were defending that the I, I wasn't I was kind of I misquoted myself actually there but um, do you remember like I mean, the per, uh, the, you know we should stop scapegoating these amateur players who should be free to just come along onto the pitch okay, in we'll the game where they're not again. playing and yeah, I we've spoken someone. about that off air yeah. yeah you're not a fan of Gaelic games that's fair no enough. actually no um, it's not, sorry that's not true no, at all No, I enjoy Gaelic games I really enjoyed that game on Sunday but the, no, uh, no, I, I agree the culture you. of the brawl is like you. is in, embedded and you yeah. don't think like teams around the country are gonna they sort of will relish getting involved in something Vinnie like Corey's that. moved into the Drumconda region and I have been extolling the virtues of uh, going to this wine bar the wine tasting was was like by the end of it I was talking about the depth of the wine I haven't a fucking clue about wine like so I was buying <laughs> into all this uh, nonsense I hope that wasn't flown in uh, on a plane um, carbon footprint of it no, no it oh well it actually locally. no it probably was it was Argentinian yeah, yeah. Uh, you shouldn't uh, 
Um, Mr. Dommy T, will Clancy get the funding to strengthen in July considering Owen Doyle's wages? Pearl Owen Doyle's getting it from all angles here. Um, I, I'd imagine that um, Pats will strengthen. All right, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Europe is obviously such a big thing for all these clubs. And yeah, we have quite a few other messages. Sorry we haven't got through them all, but we are going to continue on the European theme now um, by going to Malta. Because Shamrock Rovers, our next show will be out after the first leg of their Champions League tie uh, with Hibernians of Malta. So we decided to go and, and hear their perspective out there. So yes, earlier on we spoke to Gianluca Lea of the Times of Malta. Hey Gianluca, how are you? All good here. Very hot temperature in Malta. <laughs> That's actually, I was just going to get to you on that because it can be a, it's been a big stumbling block for Irish teams over the years, the weather. What can Shamrock Rovers expect when they go over in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, well, right now the temperature is 34 degrees Celsius, so, uh, and we are still in June and it will get even worse <laughs> here in Malta. Um, at some point in July and August, it might even reach, you know, 38, 39 here. Uh, which it feels like for one or for two, which which you know, you can wonder yourself how hot it will be. Um, with the game being played in the evening, that obviously uh, might not be as hot as you know playing during the day, of course. Um, but uh, I think it might affect a bit both teams, not not just Shamrock, both teams, because it's not easy for the Maltese players to to train and play and. These weather conditions during the summer on on the Maltese Islands, to be fair with you. And most of the team there are they Maltese players or where are they from? Um, yes, well, Hibernians have a great uh, Maltese chemistry in the team. Um, they have a lot of Maltese players that have been playing together with the club for a long time now. And uh, actually, uh, last season's triumph was uh, reflected that chemistry. To be honest, uh, but they have. A few foreigners as well who uh, who are part of a good level, um, uh, which obviously make the difference, you know, when it matters most. But I feel that actually the Maltese players are are the strongest feature of of this team, unlike maybe other other Maltese teams here that rely mostly on on foreign players. So, so Gianluca, I think when the draw was made, their response in Ireland here from from Shamrock Rovers fans. And people involved with the club, it would have been, I think, quite positive. I think they they feared other teams more, perhaps. But I'm guessing that was the same the other way, because looking from the perspective of Hibernians, that there um, there was some high quality, recognised European seeded teams, and Shamrock Rovers were one of the lowest ranked ones. So, like, what was the general response to the draw over there? Um, as a as journalist. We thought that it was a favorable draw for for Hibernians, not because Shamrock is an easy team, um, but you know I think this is a game where Hibernians can be competitive in a in a two-legged affair. Um, but having spoke to the coach exactly after after the draws, actually he said um, that Shamrock will still start as favorites and it will be difficult for Hibernians. But I think that him being diplomatic as well at the same time, no, because um, for Maltese teams. The objective is always at least qualify from one round in these European competitions, and whoever the opponent is, it, it, it is always difficult. You know, nowadays there aren't easy games anymore, um, especially when you play away in certain countries, uh, which make it difficult for you. So I think while they got, you know, a favorable draw, I think it will be still difficult because they will be facing a team that. Uh, is already playing is in the midst of of its season, and we know that you know when you go to play against uh, British sides um, on their soil, they might make it difficult for you given the atmosphere and and the defense support that they get. You're going to get in trouble for calling. Yeah. Shamrock, you're going to get in tr- trouble for calling Shamrock Rovers British there. By we're the way, you, yeah. we're going to let you away with that. One. This is, a, this is a, I, I, di- thought, 
In fact, I thought I was I was on thin line. I said, "Okay, I will say it." And we'll say it. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is like this is the type of thing where it becomes a viral news article <laughs> where like a Maltese journalist calls <laughs> Irish team British. Like I thought Northern Ireland I was speaking about. So that's my bit. Yeah, <laughs> even even that would be controversial. But uh, I think what what might surprise you, uh, getting back to the football, is that uh, Sean McGrover's play Dan maybe a very non-British style of football. And we're getting into real generalities here, but they actually play nice football generally. And that might be something that will surprise Maltese because they have um, the the, st- the the style of football has changed in the League of Ireland, and certainly Shamrock Rovers have been at the front of that. Mm, it might be something that Hibernians won't expect, but you know, given that they will analyze the games and mm. they will they will be prepa- prepared for that. Um, last season there was also a Maltese player in Ireland, so you know maybe they spoke with him and everything else, you know, to see to get a feedback from him about. Who was that, Chad Luke? Actually, just um, he, he was called Kieran Walker. He was on the books of St. Patrick's. That's right. Uh, that's right. So he was a Stephen O'Donnell signing there. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't make a huge impression. That's why I had to think. But yeah, so you, we have a bit of a reference there. Exactly. Um, actually, he didn't because a lot of playing time, to be honest with you. And, and he actually he, he did retire now, to be fair. <laughs> so mm. that was quite the story. Um, but, uh, you know. Maybe I he think- didn't like the British style of football. <laughs> <laughs> Someone told him he was going to Britain and then he realised he was in Ireland and he was just, it was just all a big sense of confusion. Um, but speaking of, uh, of Ireland, you, you did, um, Hibernians did get a taste of some Irish referees last year um, in, in, the, in European football. And this is, I mean, I don't want to get, go, go down uh, into this too deep, but people are obviously very interested by, say, they, you know, they'll draw a club and they'll look at their recent record in Europe and how did they do last year. And obviously last year, Hibernians felt that they were maybe quite close to making a big breakthrough in Europe, but they lost to Lincoln Red Imps of Gibraltar. But maybe you can take up the story and explain why they felt so hard done by. Um, just a minor correction, they were eliminated against... Riga. Riga. Mm-hmm. Apologies. Apologies. Mm. Lincoln at Red Imps then played Riga in the next round or something. Was that what it was? Apologies. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, Hibernians were one game away from making history for Maltese football because they would have become the first team to play in the playoffs of European competition. And facing a Gibraltar side in the playoffs, you know, it was a 50-50 affair for everyone. Um, so we, we were... Uh, already anticipating that maybe Hibernians could do it, especially since they had beaten Riga away in Latvia 1 0, um, which we didn't expect that. But as soon as that happened, we were like, okay, they, they will be now playing in Malta and um, they have, you know, two results out of three in their hands, to be fair. Um, but what happened here in Malta was, you know, it was incredible because um, it was a very, very controversial game. Um, there were a lot of Mistakes by the referee, but which actually have, have had influenced Hibernians overall. But there were even decisions that went against Riga, which they were they were unbelievable, to be honest. And it started immediately after inside the first minute of the game when Riga were handed a penalty, which which wasn't existent, to be honest with you. And we were like, okay, this is the tone of the game. <laughs> I think we're in, we're in for a long night here, which which indeed it was because. Um, uh, then Hibernians, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were they were qualified until one minute to go, and Riga just equalized with a with a very lucky goal. I think the, the captain had hit it with his shoulder and it lobbed over the goalkeeper, something like that. And uh, you know w- when you concede that type of goal in, in the final minute, you know it 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 freezes you to be fair. And I think that's what happened to Hibernians. Although then during the extra time there were even more controversial decisions and everything, and which triggered a, a, a brawl after the game. You know, I remember at some point one of Hibernian's defenders was suspended. He went with with his with his iPhone uh, in front of the referee to show him <laughs> a couple of decisions, and he was like, "See them, see them, watch them, watch them." It was incredible. You know, all Hibernian's fans were waiting for the referee after the game outside the stadium. So you know it. It was a situation that slipped out of everyone's hands, uh, but you could feel, you know, the anger and frustration from from the Hibernians' point of view because they were, you know, close to qualify uh, to 
Mexico history crowned. Yeah, yeah. Rob Hennessy did uh, one of our big derby against, games against the team against the team that actually then yeah. went out against the Gibraltar side. You know that yeah. which makes it even. <laughs> we we would have we would have kind of similar stories here. It's funny, Gianluca, because Rob Hennessy would. Uh, I guess uh, that was an experience that he hasn't spoken about, but I think even though neither of us is British, I see that we have a lot in common because um, your home affairs minister got involved saying that the refereeing decisions were dubious, which is a big thing over here when politicians get involved when something annoys them on the sporting field. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, you know, here it's like um, when something like this happens, <laughs> everyone like to start to speak about it. It's... Mm. And uh, it's not that football and politics here are, are, are mixed, you know, but there are people involved in both sides and everything else. So, uh, you know, they try to emphasize on that complaint and, you know, trying to overshadow at the end of the day another elim- elimination of a Maltese club, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, don't yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. I don't really, you know, give space to, to, those, to those stuff, you know, I... I I was frustrated myself about how the match went, how it was controlled and everything else, because you don't expect that, you know, at a professional level. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, it influenced both sides, as I tell you. So it's not about just high bands. It's, it's even about Rigat. <laughs> at some point, they had a couple of decisions that I don't know what happened there. Um, so you think that this game is either fixed or this referee has to, you know, take a, a long break and reflect about <laughs> about his career, you know. So I'm not, I, I don't know whether the referee... How did his season go? To be honest with you, I, I I'm really curious whether he you know bounced back from that. Yeah, no, no, he he's still one of our best. He, refs, he's right? still as active here, but I think mm-hmm. there was a a big debate about Irish refereeing standards last year here. Generally, a lot of frustration, and um, I think some people within that pointed out that. Um, did his well, performance go noticed in Ireland? Yeah, like, no, it did, the, the story didn't necessarily get massive traction here, but I think yeah. some people in the refereeing world here would have said you know wh- why maybe our our best officials our perceived best officials um you know they're, they're being viewed around the continent in, in very different terms you know and that was obviously i can't imagine it helped his standing um in the uefa ladder but at the same time i, I still think you know he's, he's still on their list you know so i i, I we we have history in this country for being angry with uh, refereeing decisions and 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 uh feeling that sense of injustice that no one else in the world seems to, to be that interested in and that's always the way of the yeah, world but yeah, yeah. but but can i, I can i, I ask you you're speaking about you know you're speaking about france no? yeah exactly <laughs> and like we know we we're still going on about that 12 years 13 years later and so we 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 we, we, right. we, we right. cannot give out <laughs> about you, we cannot give out about anyone. right back inside here we cannot yeah. give out about anyone and Malta doing the same but just the the impact of that because obviously wasn't appeal but just to explain a couple of people involved with hibernians players important players they picked up suspensions as a consequence, which which means they can't play in these games. Am I correct with that? Yes. Um, so I, I have the list in front of me because otherwise I will not get them right. Um, at first, there was the UEFA ban, which was then appealed and some of the players got um, got reduced suspensions. But right now, they are the, the coach and uh, the captain. They are suspended for five matches. And uh, then there are, there's a midfielder who is the vice captain, actually. He will miss four games. And uh, the defender, the, the one that, you know, went with the, with his smartphone in front of the referee, was sanctioned for just two games. Um, after th- This is all after the appeal, obviously. Right. And uh, then there were, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the club secretary and the team manager were also suspended for a number of games. Um, I'm surprised was, you're not suspended yourself <laughs> like, at this stage. It seems like everyone in Malta got a suspension. Um, yeah, yeah, in fact, we are joking. Like next season, they will be playing with with the kit manager, and because <laughs> <laughs> everyone suspended at some point. But but you know, in fact, they to back up for for the absentees, um, they brought in a def- they brought in a 37, 30 year old defender who who plays here in Malta, but has been with them in their glory days a decade ago, more or less. Um, okay. As an emergency signing, and uh, they they also brought in another defender, but I'm sure that it is for long term as well. But you know, right right now they need defenders, so that makes it two for two. And in terms of midfield, uh, they didn't bring anyone because 
they are stacked there and they are working on a number of signings as well but uh, they had to look out for emergency signings at the back because with two suspended and given that they play with three at the back that means only one was available but the, that one left during the summer and so they needed you know to fill in literally with a new defense and for the european competition so so it will be a new looking defensive line at least for right. the champions league Mm. that's interesting okay well listen th this has been great to hear from you and to get the perspective um on, on what's happening there i mean we have to put you on the spot here we, we do ask him if you come to ireland well well we, well we can ask him that as well but are, are you coming to ireland then or, or if not um when we get to the second leg in two weeks time what's your prediction like what do you expect will happen i appreciate you know there's some changes to the hibernians team and sometimes with these european games it's hard to get a handle on the level of the opposition but what, what's your gut feeling? What's your prediction about how this tie will go, Gianluca? Mm, unfortunately, I will not be in Ireland. I will be in England on the other side. <laughs> but I will <laughs> same thing, same thing. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, um, I really wish that, obviously, that Hibernians make it through, you know. Um, but I've got a feeling that Shamrock might have the edge here. Um, it's purely just about especially match fitness to be honest with you mm. Hibernians traditionally they don't do well in the European competitions in, in, in the first round mm. they, they are not sometimes they're not prepared I feel that they don't give it give much attention to the European competitions yeah well listen Gianluca we really appreciate thanks appreciate million, you coming on and giving us your time and and um you're you're sort of uh, running through the recent history of uh, a Maltese-Irish relations <laughs> on a football sphere, and hopefully there's happier memories for all concerned from uh, from from this tie. Um, but um, yeah, listen, really Thanks, appreciate the time. It's great talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, if if there's one thing you can like, debt taxes and like a foreign journalist <laughs> describing our British style. Um, I was looking up the rankings earlier in Europe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm sure you will. 171 Shamrock Rovers, 228 high burnings. Would that be right? That sounds about that right. That sounds about right. But I mean, uh, you know that, those rankings like are a bit. Shamrock Rovers are favourites overwhelmingly, regardless yeah, of suspensions. Um, and there is a little bit of pressure on here. I think it's the one thing Stephen Bradley's reign in Shamrock Rovers entirely. One, it's a, it's a success um, for sure. But I think Europe is. This is the thing that they feel they haven't quite achieved. They haven't gotten to the group stage. No, like they, 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 they had good results against Brann and they should have beaten the team from Cyprus and they were good in Europe that year. But they've done fine, but, but they haven't subsequently gotten to group nah, stage. Nah, like the Estonian thing was not it was not good last mm. year. No matter how good they were, it still wasn't it still wasn't good enough. Um, you know, for the standard they want to aspire mm. to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can just imagine other fans in this league now thinking that that the League of Ireland referees have actually contributed to Rovers having a better chance next week. <laughs> like this this weird crossover between a Rob Hennessy um, and Irish officials that is mad dismissals story. leading to a situation where now bizarrely Rovers are are playing a weaker side. I think even listen to Gianluca there as well. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to believe that this is the tie Shamrock Rovers have to win. Like if you're going to get done in Europe, you, you want to get done by a team that. Like is, you know, they they have reasons to beat you. You know, you, you look at their their system and their structure and think, yeah, we just can't compete with them on some level. Or you know, they're having an amazing season and they're mm. mid season. They've they've lost a number of players. They're in their preseason. Um, Deal with and, the heat, and they're from a weaker league. Um, but the one thing you would take away from that is for sure is that you'd want to be going over there with a cushion so you don't get sucker punched. Mm. Now I always make they, the point. I think they played in Albania in very hot conditions last year. And yeah. They won. No, no, so, but but I know. But like I'm just saying, it's like like the the, the 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 one thing I always say about the Champions League. I do believe there's no easy games in it because you you are playing teams who know how to win games, and you even mm. see that with the team from Andorra that the dog played the year they got to the group stages. That if you have experienced teams that know how to win matches, like they they have an ability to like to make themselves difficult to break down even if they are limited you might you'll have more open games than the other competitions in europe but generally a lot of the champions league ties can end up being reasonably close so Fair enough, yeah. can't underestimate anyone but in saying that if you if you want to talk about this rovers team in a discussion of like great league of ireland sides of recent times they can't get knocked out 
by Hibernian and Malta. And I think they know that too. I think they'd be well aware of that. And it could really open up, um, really open up Europe for them. Um, Wait, and we'll see. I think Malta is a funny one though, because you, you asked about politics and football. I think their former prime minister um, is now trying to, is involved in trying to take over their football association at the moment. And, you know, Malta as a country, if you do some reading on uh, the political situation and issues with, with various uh, corruption matters in recent years, um, it's a pretty interesting place. And then football, that seems to, again. Oh, football seems to overlap. Yeah, I could think of other words for interesting in this context. But anyway, let's give away some beers. Supporter last, House Brewery, uh, six, four beers to give away. Last, last week's question was a, a top scorer in the League of Ireland who played for a country other than Ireland and Northern Ireland. So the winner is Alan Kinsla. Alan Kinsla. Yeah. Well done, Alan. Eamon um, Zayed was the answer, to be Eamon clear. Eamon Zayed was the Give answer. Give me the chance to get the answer out. Once was uh, getting a cab outside... Uh, Libya, of course. Daily Mount. And Eamon Zayed's dad gave me uh, a ride. In the, a lot of, we could definitely have a, a podcast on League of Ireland taxi driver-related stories. Yeah, Michael, Michael Keane picked me up um, oh, yeah. a couple of years back. I think it was, was it pre-COVID or, or my first night out after COVID? COVID. but Michael Keane yeah of St. Pat's fame um, yeah Paul Byrne came into didn't, the didn't, press didn't get into his career now I just no. tweaked it was him by the name Paul Byrne like not taxi driver related but speaking of um sons and, and dad. Paul Byrne came into the press area. On Why would you night. think of Paul Byrne after thinking of Michael Keane? That's interesting. Sorry because I was talking about Eamon Zayed and his dad Paul Byrne who's obviously Curtis Byrne's dad I was like, he, Paul Byrne doesn't look old at all. I was like, of course Byrne's an experienced League of Ireland player. Paul Byrne, stage. it does look like he's been, do you know that old movie Forever Young where Mel Gibson was cryogenically frozen? Um, yeah. So it looks like Paul Byrne, at the end of every week, he just goes into this freezer storage and like he comes back. Look great. Same, he still looks not dissimilar to the fellow who scored yeah. that goal from the halfway line for Bowes that no one ever saw it because it wasn't on wasn't on TV. Do you um, know, again, slightly tangential, but Bobby Ryan, who's involved here. with, um, is he involved with Bluebell? I think one of the team Go United is playing in the cup. Bobby Ryan, right, got a goal in the old Belfield. That and you can ask Julian Canny, right? Was one of the best goals I've ever seen. It was like basically a volley from forty yards after Barry Ryan, his namesake, kind of miss hit the ball. So a few years later, we're asking him in the match program about the goal against UCD, like an absolute worldy Dan. And do you know what he responded? Don't remember it. Yeah, I was like, how could you score a goal like that at any level? Not to mind professional football as it was in the League of Ireland. Don't remember it. Just don't remember it. I was like, that's un. I, I couldn't get my head around that. A lot of things gone. He's played a lot of games since. Oh, but this was this was out, this was outrageous. Like even if you if you it, it, if if such and such scored it, it'd be all over, you know. But seriously, Dan, and he just like I mean, you've scored good goals in your Astro <laughs> career, but this was like I, I listen. I don't remember a lot of them. Mm. That that's a different issue. Bobby Ryan, he was a player. He was a player. He was a player. Um, anyway, speaking of players, this week's question relates to a Shamrock Rovers player. It's very simple. Your your question, good question. Which current Shamrock Rovers squad member? could play international football for Malta. And, Very good question and there. May, may even do yeah. so. Um, yeah. Good question, Johnny. Very good Very question, good question. There. So uh, LOI Central Pod at Instagram and at Twitter. Our Instagram account, we only brought it to life. I see we've got a thousand followers on Instagram now. You know, I mean... Maro Piccolo has one more. I followed him on Friday night. And he gave me a... He's probably got a couple of hundred thousand or something. Me, he doesn't... He's only like 22 or something. Yeah, see, our Instagram is, is, is new, but it's, it's, it's you know, if, if, you, if you're not following us on Instagram and you want arty pictures of the steps leading out of Inchicore, taken by Johnny me. Ward, then you can, you can get a lot of this. And what else we do on Instagram... Not very much, to be honest. No. We, we, we keep uh, talking about more. Of, wait, I, I did end the match report Friday saying, like, you know, going down the old generalizations route and, you know, as an Italian, maybe he enjoyed the nil old draw. Wasn't a great game, Dan. Which well, Italian? Omaro? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's like... Why would Italians... Oh, like uh, the defensive stuff. Yeah. But he wants to meet Damien Duff after he's got a selfie with uh, Damien Duff. As I said the other day, I mean, if you'd said a while back... That, that Mara Piccato will be doing a set at Talca before <laughs> heading off to meet Shelburne manager Damien Duff. I think, I think... It was surreal. If this had been proposed at some stage in 27, 2018, I think he definitely would have been mm. taken off for some treatment mm. somewhere. Um, but it is... You see, like... Um, there is something in it though, like the social media has allowed the League of Ireland to bring a lot of totally. its personality to another level because that personality has always been there. <laughs> but it's sometimes the depiction of the League of Ireland in, say, 
through like traditional channels it can be very cool. can Jonathan Gabay knew it was going to become cool well I mean yeah he was ahead of the game yeah mm. just need to get those scores in the bus stops um, Shane Keegan was on a bus was he there was like an image of him and the welcome the, to Cove Cove have one of these big signs but mm. like, the, yeah it's just like you, you can yeah a, a big sign maybe we should do that for have you been few. to Cove Dan much actually it's a fascinating little town I, it's stunningly beautiful but like I've been to Coleman's Park, all right, but yeah. it's quite a long time since I was there. Mm. I have a feeling I was there the late Tony Itzi would have been involved. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I haven't been in Cove uh, working at a game, I don't think. Mm. I, I can't think of it. Now, may, maybe I, I, maybe I'm, I'm being wrong there because I know we were down in Cork at various times for various gigs that Roy Keane did in Ireland at training camps. And Roy Keane about- will be at games now assessing Shane as a manager. That'll be interesting. Yeah. As yeah. he was that he was at the Gaelic football at the weekend. Oh, he'll be, he's been a cove recently. He was pictured mm. at one of the games recently. But yeah. um, but anyway, I think we're sort of at that sort of rambling along Shame stage. Bring him into do we have uh, do we have fixtures? It's a big weekend in the first division. Bray Wanderers, Cork City, Wexford. Why are we doing the first division fixtures? I just first have here? the page open. Then I'll go to the Premier. Wexford at Lone Town. We can again just massive, getting married. Massive anyone getting married? Anyone getting I mean, married this week? To my, my, so much uh, misfortune with those computers. Galway United against Watford. This is a genuinely huge game. Uh, Watford bang there in the race. All of a sudden, Cove Ramblers. Ter- no one getting married treating. this week. There's real players Sorry, the game. D- he wasn't ruled out. He just, he didn't. He was it was his wedding on Saturday. Like that was. I mean, you're making a big play over this wedding over the tree. You know, players been at the wedding. Yeah, was, while she didn't play on Monday against Longford, apparently going out were awful. But he didn't play. But he was available for selection. And he yeah. did, what was his wedding. I, I don't have an issue with it. To be honest, um, fixtures in the Premier Division: Dundalk UCD, um, St Patrick's Athletic, Drogheda. Uh, Kev Doherty coming back to uh, play against his former manager Tim Clancy and Drogs flying high Bowes against Derry City we haven't mentioned Derry got a desperately badly needed well, Drogs are 8 I mean they're not really win. flying high but they're doing oh, they're very, doing well. very, they're doing well. very well. well sorry sorry yeah, yeah. They're, uh, Finn Harps against Shamrock Rovers um, potential banana skin maybe um, Harps not having a great season it must be said um, albeit very near flying um, low unbelievably yeah unbelievably uh, late big, rally big, big result last week Ethan Boyle strong against Pats yeah. really strong and um, Damien Duff goes to meet John Russell Russell and Duff uh, insurance in the uh, the new manager's gig uh, on Saturday night um, Russell and Duff sounds more like a coffee house you'd get Russell on the south side wouldn't it it's the type of place that you would send an Instagram photo from LY Central Pod jo- Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Ward and, and you'd get a, you'd get an Eggs Benedict and a, a coffee just and Russell and Duff up. so like again Russell and Duff the Wat- Russell and Duff are Randall the Watford the Watford fans um, who did a feature in the programme Friday they won't stay in Galway because they said it's way too expensive Dublin is becoming like I mean do people even come up for away trips now and, and Dublin to me is just a new hipster coffee shop Every fucking two days, Russell and I know Duff. you're in all of it's them. Just, I'm not actually. It's just another hipster coffee shop with like, oh hi, how's your sorry, day? I don't, I don't care. You don't what? care on my days. Give me a coffee that isn't like four euro. What, Do you what, know what, what I mean? Sorry, you're Russell and Duff. You're hitting at a hipster job in here. Remind me, you went to a wine tasting on Sunday That's afternoon. Really hipster. And that was, by the way, we were by far the youngest people there, and <laughs> and it was the first time I'm ever, saying, ever, ever saying, that somebody went cannot, from a GA game to a wine tasting you, you, you by anyone. You, you cannot hit out at sort of some form of like gentrification of Dublin and some some sense when like you effectively actively engage in most of the activities that are actually synonymous with this I still go basis. to shithole old, old man pubs um, of course Damien Duff uh, Del Boy's in the house hipsters. D- uh, Damien Duff of course uh, he's, he's a trained barista is he or he was going down that route no he was so joking about it I okay think. Okay. Yeah. He also loves wine because remember he was drinking red wine in the <laughs> south of France. Yeah, listen, to be clear, we're not condemning the drinking of wine, coffee, or anything that. More it so, was a lovely experience. More so, more so your hypocrisy. And listen, yeah, and I am a hypocrite on climate change be, and everything. Be I, kind. I, I'm not denying that. And Vinnie Corey, I can guarantee you, you won't be let down. Dan, that was, uh, that was uh, our show. And uh, we'll be back next week after the first leg of Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, and, and before the, the Conference League games. So yeah, really, really plenty to talk about. Chat to you next week.